Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tuesday, August 14th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. And I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from right here in Denver, Colorado. We are in the Mile High City. And, you know, we get together every single weekday and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. You know, I hope your Monday wasn't too painful. Now we can move on with the rest of our work week. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, let us know what you think of the show. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. You can follow us over there. Both of those handles are at Daily Sports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a suggestion. We would love to get that from you. Feel free to reach out. You know, today on the show, we've got a few things that we do want to discuss in the world of breaking news. And you know, like I've been telling you, I am not about to sit here and talk baseball for a month until the regular season of football gets here. We are going to be taking a look inside at football again today. We are going to be getting you ready again for football season this week. Want to take a look at something very, very specific today concerning the upcoming season of football. Going to be looking at a little bit of NFL going to be looking at some college as well. But a couple things coming out, first of all. You know, we knew it was coming in the NBA. But today, it actually became official because 34-year-old Carmelo Anthony traveled down to Houston, he took his physical, and he signed his one-year, $2.4 million deal with the Houston Rockets. Now, don't forget, Carmelo also received the remaining $25.4 million of his original 2018-2019 salary from the Atlanta Hawks. And that actually included a $2.4 million contract buyout from those Hawks. So let me see if I have this straight. The Atlanta Hawks gave Carmelo Anthony basically around $26 million to not play for them. I mean, just think about that. That is actually amazing. Imagine being out in the real world. Imagine like doing what you do. Imagine your job right now saying, hey, you know what? You're such a bad employee. I mean, we like you. Seem like a nice guy. But here's, I don't know, $26 million to not come here every day because we don't want you here at the facilities. We would prefer you not come here. $26 million, don't come here. And you know, a lot of people look at this situation negatively. And they're like, oh, Carmelo, he just wants to go here, he just wants to go there. 
hey, I think we should all aspire to be that kind of an employee. Don't you think? I mean, demand MVP money. Demand employee of the year money. Despite the fact that we're not very good. And be so bad that your employer basically looks at you and says, yeah, I mean, if we bring them in here, they're just going to ruin everything. We're going to still pay you the salary, don't get me wrong, but we don't want you anywhere near the building. Can you please go somewhere else? In fact, here's $26 million to go somewhere else. I know there's a lot of people down on Carmelo. I admire the guy. I mean, I'll just throw this out there. I'm just going to extend this out to any Daily Dose listener. If any of you would like to pay me, I don't even need $26 million to not do a podcast. Like, it doesn't have to be that much. Please let me know at your earliest convenience. I would be glad to at least hear your offer. Might only have to be 26 bucks. I don't know. Just lob that out to me, and we'll see uh, where that all goes. Nothing is over until we decide it is. You know, there was some other news coming out that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Because we saw the crazy finish on Sunday to the PGA Championship. And you know, we all know Tiger Woods is well past his prime. But there is no question that dude is still the king of the PGA. Because with Tiger in contention on Sunday at the PGA Championship in St. Louis, and he was chasing eventual winner Brooks Kepka, they are saying, the PGA Championship saw a 69% increase in ratings from last year. That is coming from CBS Sports. They are saying that some cities reported as high as a 24 share. That's pretty big. For golf? You got that many people to watch golf? Nobody watches golf. That's getting just the average person off the street to watch. Like we know they're sports fans. Sports fans tune in, they watch their sports. But if you're getting up there in a 24 share, you are getting just the average person sitting at home doing whatever, saying, oh, what's going on here? They're turning that on when you get that big of a number. Now they say these were the highest ratings in the past 10 years. Pretty amazing. Pretty impressive stuff with Tiger. And of course, now the media is coming out. They're getting pretty excited about Tiger. I mean, we are already starting to hear, not only is it just a matter of time before he wins another major, he's still going to catch Jack Nicklaus. Really? He's going to catch Jack? So he's going to win five more majors? Mm, I don't know about that. So can I just say one concern that I'm having with this whole thing with Tiger? And I swear, I'm not trying to save face because I didn't think he would ever win another major. I'm not just doing that. I swear I'm not. But now we're starting to hear not only is he going to win one, he's going to win multiple, he's going to win five, he's going to beat Jack. Hey, let's be clear on one thing. I am cheering for Tiger. I am watching on Sunday and I am rooting for Tiger. It's good for the sport. It is good for sports in general to have this comeback story. It's really good for sports. You're getting kids to watch. You're getting people, like I said, who don't usually watch. They are tuning in. It is great for sports. Hey, it certainly makes my job better. I am all for Tiger. I'm rooting for Tiger, but can I just throw out one concern that I have with Tiger? And again, I'm not trying to be wet towel guy. I'm just, I'm sorry in advance. I'm just throwing this out there. After watching him this past weekend, and he played four pretty good days, how much better can Tiger really play? I mean, he can drive better. No question about that. You would think. Can he chip any better? 
No way. There's no way. He was so good with his wedge. There is no way. He kept dragging out that nine iron and he was perfect with it. Can he putt any better? Probably not a whole lot. I mean, maybe about the same. But if anything, his mid-range game, you would think, probably backs off a little bit. Maybe he gets the driver a little bit more in order. And here's the scary part. As good as he was, and he was good, and he was exciting, and everybody watched it, and everyone got all excited. Can he really play any better? Because as good as he was, still wasn't good enough. So I know everyone's getting all excited. Now he's going to win a million of them. It still wasn't enough. I don't know if he's going to win another one. I don't know if he's going to win five or six, though. Are you kidding me? He played about as well as he could play. And it still wasn't enough because you do have guys now. We talked about a little bit yesterday. You have guys now that look at him and say, okay, so you're Tiger. Big deal. Brooks Kepka could have cared less on Sunday. He didn't care. He didn't care one bit. Oh, yeah, somebody's really cheering a lot. I'll just keep going and, I don't know, win this thing. I still don't know if Tiger Woods is going to win another major. But I certainly don't think he's going to win four, five, six. That might be getting a little too excited about the whole thing. Hey, coming back, we have been talking about it for a few weeks now. And, you know, football season is coming quickly. We are now into the preseason of the NFL. This week, we are going to be taking a look at a few of the top units for the upcoming season. Um, phrasing? So this week, I wanted to continue to preview the coming football season by taking a look at a few of the top units in both the NFL and in college football. And you know, today, what I wanted to start out with was I wanted to take a look at the best coaches in the game. Now, while there is some truth to the fact that the best players just win games, and we always hear about, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's, and I understand all that, believe me. You have to have talent. And yet... Why do we always see, it seems like, the same coaches winning year after year? They don't have the exact same amount of talent. Coaching does make a difference. As much as a lot of people try to convince you it doesn't, they try to tell you, oh, it doesn't matter. If you have great players, they're just always going to win. No, they're not. That's absolutely not true. Because every single year, pick a sport, we see less talented teams beat more talented teams. It happens all the time. It happens consistently in football. We see it year in, year out. It is not always the most talented team that wins every single game. We see changes. And a lot of times, the reason is because a coach did something. The reason is because that team was coached up. That team executed a little bit better. That team performed a little bit better under pressure. Now, if we were playing one game right now, this year, I'm not talking about legacy or any of that, and I need a coach to coach my team These are the guys that I would take right now this year. And trust me on this, it is not easy to put together these lists. It's really, really tough because I'm only going to take four or five coaches and say, okay, here are the best right here, right now. There's some guys I'm leaving off. So if you would like to put together your own list, by all means, send it in. I'll even read it off if you would like to. But right now, I'm going to take a look at some of the best coaches in the NFL. If I were putting together a team right now, I needed to win a game this year Here are the coaches that I would put in charge of it. My first coach I'd put on there. Oh man, and I went back and forth putting this guy on my list because it seems like he doesn't always coach up the talent that he has. But I also can't argue with the fact that Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin 
he has never had a single season under 500. In his 11 years, he's never had a single season under 500. And the Steelers are always in contention for a title, it seems. And they should be in it again this year. Of course, my problem with putting Tomlin on the list is there are times that it does seem like he gets beaten by teams, like I said, with less talent. And there are also times with Mike Tomlin, he just might try to skirt the rules here and there, which is, we see it a lot. I mean, we see some coaches try to get away with certain things. I understand that. But it's kind of odd for a guy that has been on the NFL Rules Committee. Like, it's a little bit weird to see him walk out onto the field during a kick return that his team's getting one taken back on them, and he just kind of happens to walk out there and see if he can't disrupt everything. It's a little bit weird. So those are the concerns I have with Mike Tomlin, but I have to put Mike Tomlin on this list because he does have that history of success. I would take a look at least at Mike Tomlin. Now, one of the things that a number of the guys on my list have in common is this. Like we talked about, it's easy to win when you have the best talent. You have the breaks just going your way. Everything goes your way. What I want to see with a lot of these coaches, what does a coach do when you are faced with adversity? Because things aren't always going to go your way. You're going to get bad breaks. And what about when you don't have the talent? What about when you lose some talent or you don't have the best team? And that is one of the reasons that I would take Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer right now. Don't forget, he had personal medical issues back in 2016. His laminated play sheet actually blew up into his eye and detached his retina. Zimmer had to undergo surgery. He missed a couple games. You also think back to when the Vikings lost their talented young starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, to that terrible leg injury. It could have cost Bridgewater his life, but Mike Zimmer has still found a way to keep the Vikings winning. Last year, they went 13-3. and They went to the NFC Championship game. Now, this year, he's going to have a lot because the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a favorite to win it all. There may be one or two, They are definitely going to be one of them. It has been a while since we looked at the Minnesota Vikings and said, okay, they are the team to beat. A lot of the reason Minnesota is that team this year is thanks to Mike Zimmer. He's pretty good. Another guy that sometimes confuses me because you went like seven and nine, like three years in a row from 2014 to 2016. But I also can't look past the fact that New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton, he has won four NFC South titles, and a Super Bowl in a city that had a long history, not of just being below average. That doesn't tell the whole story. It honestly doesn't. The New Orleans Saints were one of the losingest franchises in the history of any professional sports anywhere. Where you do it is a big part of the story. Hey, if you go win in Dallas, okay, big deal. They spend a lot of money. They have a ton of resources. If you go win with the Yankees, okay, you should win there. That's not the case in New Orleans. When Sean Payton took that job back in 2006, that was not the case with the New Orleans Saints. Prior to Sean Payton, the New Orleans Saints had a franchise record of 244, 361, and 5. They won just 40% of the games they played. Now with Sean Payton, they're winning about 60%. That's pretty impressive. And forget all the Bounty Gate stuff. The biggest key on that for Sean Payton was that he didn't have the benefit of being backed by the Boston media. 
if he had, it would have been like a million dollar fine and the loss of a draft pick. So I don't really hold that against Sean Payton. Sean Payton's pretty good. Next guy up, you know, it's funny how opinions change because just a couple years ago, when Doug Peterson took the Philadelphia Eagles job, it was looked at kind of as this below average hire. I mean, the Eagles had fired Chip Kelly, who had gotten everyone so excited because he had that unorthodox, fast-paced offense, but ultimately he just completely failed. And so they went and they brought back former Eagles offensive coordinator Doug Peterson, who had served under Andy Reid in both Philadelphia and Kansas City. And you know, one thing that he had not taken from Reid was his conservative play calling, because Peterson can be a risk taker. Hey, look no further than last year when he called for a tight end to throw a pass to his quarterback in Super Bowl 52 and one up the Patriots, which of course Peterson's Eagles went on to win instead. But it's not just that Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. It's the fact that they won it all despite the loss of their starting stud quarterback Carson Wentz. Again, what kind of adversity have you been through? I'm always going to look at that when I look at a head coach. The Eagles went and won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback that had considered retiring just a few months previously. Now, Doug Peterson doesn't have the legacy yet, but what he has already done, that's pretty impressive. The fact that you brought a Super Bowl to Philadelphia, hey, I can't discount that. Right now, I would say Doug Peterson could probably get just about any player in the NFL to listen to him. Why? Because he can help that player improve and help that player win. Hey, that's a huge measurement for any coach. Are your players going to play hard for you? Yes, you're going to have to make them better. Are they going to play hard for you? Are they going to listen to you right now? I think most everyone in the NFL would listen to Doug Peterson. I would definitely take him. And our final coach is, of course, the coach that I would want right now for one game. And to be fair, I just might want him for any game all time. Because Bill Belichick meets every requirement that I would have for a head coach. He has won in difficult situations. And no, I'm not talking about New England. I'm really not. I actually look more at his time when he was in Cleveland because Belichick actually got the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. It didn't seem that impressive at the time. It sure does now. Bill Belichick has also won with adversity. Like, I don't know, every year when his team gets caught cheating and gets punished. (laughs) Somehow he still gets his team to go to Super Bowls afterward, though. But maybe most importantly, Bill Belichick gives the impression that he could do the ultimate thing when you're talking about coaching. You know, they used to say this phrase when they talked about Paul Bear Bryant back in the day. And the phrase was, he could coach his team and beat your team, or he could coach your team and beat his team. Doesn't it seem like every year, Bill Belichick beats the Pittsburgh Steelers? And doesn't it also seem like if you were to swap coaches, he would probably take the Steelers and beat the Patriots? Yes, he has won in seasons when the Patriots were absolutely loaded. But he's also won when you couldn't name too many players on the offensive side of the ball aside from Tom Brady. And while we're on the subject of Tom Brady, and sometimes we hear, hey, Belichick only wins because he has Brady. Remember two years ago, Tom Brady was suspended for the first four games for cheating. We all thought, hey, the Patriots are going to go like 0-4, 1-3. Belichick went 3-1 and with backup quarterbacks. And that's not it. Because back in 2008, when Brady blew his knee, the Patriots still went 11-5 and with Matt freaking Castle. Hey, Matt Castle is not an average quarterback. 
I don't want to hear about, well, Matt Castle's an average guy. No, he's not. Matt Castle is awful. Take away that season under Belichick. Matt Castle is 25 and 40 as a starter. Somehow Bill Belichick got him to win. Yes, he's a jerk. And yes, he will push the rules anytime he possibly can. Sometimes to the point of blatant cheating. But no one makes seasonal week-to-week adjustments like Bill Belichick. How many times have we seen the Patriots start slow? We count them out. Okay, they're done. We can start kicking dirt on them. Only to have Belichick tweak things, adjust things, change his scheme, move some people around, and pretty soon, the Patriots are right back in the Super Bowl. Every single year, we expect greatness from the New England Patriots. And it is primarily because of Bill Belichick. I look at that team this year. I'm looking at their lineup, especially offensively. They've got Tom Brady, and they've got Rob Gronkowski. And that's about it. And you know what? They're probably still going to be right back in the thick of things again. Hey, coming back, we will continue to take a look at some of the best coaches in the game today, but we will turn our attention to the college game. Who are the best coaches in all of college football right now? Our list is coming up. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is now out. It features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics. But if none of those franchises interest you, that's all right. Just go over to Loot Crate. Trust me, they have anything you could be looking for. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose, which we do appreciate. Moving over to college football. You know, coaching college football, that's a whole different animal. Because not only are you the CEO of this gigantic corporation, you are in charge of a giant coaching staff. You have literally like 100 players on your roster. You're in charge of the final recruitment of all of them. So you have to be part CEO. You have to be part strategist. You have to be part scout. You have to be part salesman. You have to be part teacher. You have to be part father. You have to do a lot of jobs at the collegiate level. And you know, I'm sure I'm actually forgetting a few jobs there too. Now, there are so many college football programs. As a result, there are so many good college football coaches. Don't get me wrong. There are a ton of guys that should be on this list. But we're going to do our best to just zero in on the best of the best. And you know, starting off, I'm going to throw one guy in here as kind of an alternative, because we're still waiting to see where he ends up this year. But hey, no one can argue with the results of Ohio State head coach, maybe, possibly, Urban Meyer. Hey, from Bowling Green, to Utah, to Florida, to Ohio State, Urban Meyer wins wherever he goes. Now, he does it with a ton of talent. He also does it with a ton of toughness. His teams usually win the line of scrimmage on both sides. You know, Urban Meyer is 177 and 31 as a head coach. He has won 85% of his games. Now, I understand he may not have a soul. There is at least a chance that he is a hideous human being. And sometimes he's going to say he wants to spend time with his family when he really just wants to leave a job because it's turning into a pressure cooker. He may at times possibly fake a heart attack if the chips get down. But Urban Meyer wins. Do not ever doubt that. He's just kind of an alternative. I'm just kind of putting him aside. He is one of the best college coaches out there. 
if he's still a college coach. We're kind of waiting to find that out. Okay, let's move on to our actual list because our first guy started off a little slow at Penn State, but he's getting the recruiting rolling in Happy Valley now. And the Nittany Lions are once again being talked about as like a power again. Now, James Franklin has been at Penn State for four years, but don't forget the state of the program when he took over because Penn State was still kind of in recovery mode. After Bill O'Brien went just 15-9 and after the dismissal of Joe Paterno, Franklin came in from Vanderbilt. Now, somehow James Franklin managed to go 24-15 and at Vanderbilt. He took the Commodores to three straight bowl games. When was the last time anyone at Vanderbilt did that? So if he did that in Nashville, what in the world would he do with a real program? Well, it didn't start so hot at Penn State. Because the Nittany Lions went just 14-12 and in his first two years, but... Since he's gotten some people, since he's gotten it rolling, since he has gotten his recruits in there, Penn State has gone 22-5 and in the past two seasons. Now, this upcoming season is going to be a big test for James Franklin because he lost some very talented players. But, you know, I would imagine they're still going to be in the thick of things. I think James Franklin is one of the best coaches in the country. You know, another coach that I would definitely put in my conversation as one of the best coaches in the game today has to be the University of Washington head coach, Chris Peterson. Yes, the Huskies have that history of usually underachieving in the big moments, but Peterson is looking to turn that around and he just might do it. Do not forget that he was the guy that actually put Boise State on the map. Remember back in the early 2000s, Boise State was starting to make a little noise. They had quarterback Ryan Dinwiddie. They had running back Brock Forsey. And then what we thought was the mastermind of that operation. Dan Hawkins left, and he came to Colorado. And we thought, well, there goes Boise State. And then we all watched Dan Hawkins at Colorado and thought, okay, maybe he wasn't exactly the mastermind. He wasn't the mastermind at all. It was actually offensive coordinator Chris Peterson. Boise State wasn't going anywhere. It was Colorado that was going to suffer because Peterson took Boise to that 2007 Orange Bowl. He beat Oklahoma. Chris Peterson went 92-12 and at Boise State as the head coach, and then he switched over to the University of Washington in 2014. Since being with the Huskies, he's gone 37-17. and He has already taken them to a college football playoff back in 2016. Chris Peterson is definitely one of the best coaches in the country. Our next guy up, we kind of tend to forget about. We kind of tend to forget about him, and we kind of tend to forget about his program, but all he does is win. And many times, he's actually beating the guys that get way more publicity than he does. Because prior to Michigan State hiring former Cincinnati coach Mark D'Antonio, the Spartans had gone 22 and 26 under John L. Smith, who is probably more remembered for his awesome meltdowns and slapping himself in the face during press conferences, <laughs> which I personally love. But in comes D'Antonio, who is this old school guy, emphasizes play at the line of scrimmage, Mark D'Antonio has gone 145 in East Lansing. He's taken Michigan State to 10 bowl games in 11 seasons. Michigan State has also won three Big Ten titles since 2010. And they actually went to that college football playoff in 2015. Hey, that's better than a lot of those other big name Big Ten coaches. They get all the hype. All D'Antonio does is beat them a lot. Our next head coach that I think is one of the best in the country is a guy that in the past seven or eight years, let's just say you knew literally nothing about college football, okay? I'm looking right at you, Lou Holtz. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm sort of kidding. 
Okay, but let's say you knew nothing about college football. And over the past seven or eight years, you just wrote down Clemson as a national title contender. You would have actually been more accurate than most of the experts. And while that might sound logical now in 2018, if we went back to 2010, everyone would have been making fun of you. But looking back, Clemson has been ranked number one in three of those seasons. They have finished ranked in the top 15 every single year going back to 2011. That is not what Clemson does. That is not their history. Clemson almost wins and then chokes at the end and rips your heart out of your chest, not under head coach Dabo Sweeney. Dabo is a monster recruiter. He is now 101 and 30 at Clemson. And he is a guy that does not mind going toe-to-toe with the best in the country. Recruiting on the field doesn't matter. Dabo Sweeney's not afraid of anyone. Yes, he kind of resembles Barney Fife. Hey, Dabo doesn't back down from anyone. He's as good as it gets. Well, except for maybe our next guy. But Dabo has beaten our next guy. And I already know the argument against our top head coach. Well, he just gets the best recruits because he's at Alabama, but he's not really the best coach. Maybe so, maybe so. But if that's the case, you would need to explain a few things to me. Explain to me why no one else just goes out and recruits like Nick Saban does. Also explain how Nick Saban has managed to win at Toledo, Michigan State, and LSU. Hey, we've seen a number of coaches not win at those schools. Nick Saban did. We've seen coaches like Mike Shula and Ray Perkins and Mike DuBose not win even at Alabama. Yes, Nick Saban gets some of the best recruits in the country, no question about that. Yes, he works at a football factory, but what can you say about Saban? He's now won five college football titles in the past nine seasons at Alabama. And don't forget, he did also win another title in 2003 at LSU. Is he the greatest coach in the history of college football? I don't know. That's also tough to measure, but he is definitely in the conversation, especially in this era with the scholarship limitations and the number of teams that are in contention every single year. Nick Saban is the best college football coach in the business right now. Now, on the subject of Nick Saban, I do find one thing to be very interesting, though. Did you notice we have just one SEC coach on this list? Nick Saban. And honestly, you would be hard-pressed to find another one to even add. You would be hard-pressed to even find another one to add to a top 20 list. Who else could you even mention? Maybe Kirby Smart at Georgia. He hasn't done it very long. Possibly Jimbo Fisher at Texas A. No, I don't know. He didn't look so great last year. Dan Mullen at Florida was impressive at Mississippi State, but he's not really on that list yet. Hey, the SEC has as much talent as anyone in college football. We all know that. But the coaching in the SEC, you've got Nick Saban, and then you've got a bunch of other guys. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we are going to continue to take a look at a few more units. Hey, phrasing! That could determine who are going to be the top teams in football this season. Plus, of course, we will be bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of sports news. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose. For all of you that share the show, that tell your friends, that email us, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.